Fucking you <laughs> Fucking great pitch. And what is Into the Woods? Musical. A musical? And who do you play? Um, I'm in the pit. You're in the pit. So what do you play? I play keys too, which covers the bassoon and French horn. You play the bassoon professionally? No, I play a keyboard and it sounds like Oh. I like how you immediately took a very strident tone with me. How dare you accuse me of being a hornist? I'm a pianist. I have a job. Are there any professional bassoon players? This is in the world? Yeah. Yes. Are you a professional bassoonist? I'm not a professional bassoonist. But you play the bassoon for what purposes? Just to fuck off your neighbors? It's actually quite light. It's not the most... It's quite Can you make the noise of a bassoon? Because I could not identify it if you gave me a million pounds. No, don't act like the bassoon is you. That's the tuba. It's what? Reedy? That doesn't. Thank you, sir. Thank you, North American accent coming in with a logical explanation. Where are you from, brother? Texas. Texas. Don't. I'm so sorry about what's happening to your state currently. My my dad lives in. Where are you from in Texas? Dallas. Dallas, so you guys will be all right. Maybe. <laughs> well, you're much further away from the hurricane. My dad lives in Houston, and he left yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's going to be fun to go home to a pool that was your house. And he was like, yeah, now's not a time for jokes. And I was like, I think now is definitely a time for <laughs> For those of you who don't know, uh, I've been in the fringe bubble, so I assume the world is fine. But my dad lives in uh, Texas, and uh, this isn't the show yet. The show is yet to begin. Um, he lives in Texas. Oh, good, very much. Thank you for arriving right on time. It's totally fine. You should be very embarrassed. I, I am Pardon me, what? I am. Are you embarrassed? <laughs> well, don't be. So far, it's a comedy show, and three people have laughed. So if anyone's embarrassed, it's this guy right here. <laughs> now, um, my dad lives in Texas. He, uh, he works for uh, the law firm that put George W. Bush in power. Real proud of Papa's career decisions. <laughs> and... He, uh, and he lives in Houston, Texas. Now, Texas, you guys have a very bad reputation in Europe for being ugly Americans, and that is not true. Yeah, I'm sure you do. And it's very rude of Europeans to stare at you and go, oh, Texas, as if fascism wasn't from this continent. <laughs> yeah, did you hear them not laugh at that and look at their shoes? <laughs> and we North Americans get all this shit. Well, who fucking invented us? It was you fuck, so you can fuck off. <laughs> Without you, we'd all still be here. But instead, you had to discover new land, kill a bunch of red people, and left us there to figure it out. <laughs> and just because we succeeded, Canada, in one way of politeness and rigueur, and you, the Americans, in nobility, guns, loud noises, and the best barbecue you'll ever fucking find. Um, so you live in uh, Dallas. So my dad lives in Houston. And Houston currently is getting hit by a hurricane that was uh, a level two, which is fine. Then it was a level three, which is worse. Then it was a level four, and then they're like, no, wait, level two. And they fucked up. They're like, nope, level four, we're fucking in trouble. And because it's America, this is why I love America, if you look at any of the images, the amount of people already holding guns in front of their houses as if you can shoot rain. <laughs> it's, and this is why you, because Texas is one of those places where you expect it to be certain things. You do expect to see people in cowboy hats walking around, which... Uh, I'm not from Texas, I just live there. Where are you from? Alabama. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know anything about Alabama that I can actually make fun of. I know the stereotypical things. But I assume, is Alabama as bad as Europeans? Like, they don't have any teeth and they fuck their babies. Is that what they're thinking? <laughs> Some places, maybe. 
<laughs> ah, I like how you nodded. What was your name again? Dickon? My name, yeah, Dickon. Yeah, yeah. Dickon. Yeah. What is your name, Texas boy? Andy. Andy. Now, Andy, I don't know how long you've been in Britain, but we have one of those British people that we North Americans think about. His name is Dickon, <laughs> like a Game of Thrones character. He's... Yeah, of course they did, because your name is Regal and you're a posh boy, even though you're trying to hide I, it. I was called Dickon before they introduced it. Yeah, but who do you think they named it after? It was probably because your dad owns the land that it was filmed on. <laughs> Are you a bit posh? I detect a bit of poshness to you. It is pretty posh. Don't don't worry. I'm also a posh person. The thing is, is being Canadian, you guys don't believe me, <laughs> but I am. My grandmother is the judge at large for Canada's lo- largest rowing regatta. My dad works for the law firm that put George W. Bush in power. My uncle w- wrote speeches for three different Canadian prime ministers, and my mom is a professor uh, professor at Canada's most prestigious business school. And I got into a university because my mom knew the dean. What do you fucking got, posh boy? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You just got a funny accent and a name that reminds us of dragons and tits. Uh, yeah, you should. It's, it is a compliment. Do not take it any other way than a compliment. And, uh, and uh, Dick, and I like that you, you and your crew have dressed in a very nice Queens of the Stone Age inspired look. Was that intentional that you're going for Josh Homney? You're clearly the bass player. And you, sir, are that guy who is in a perfect circle who now just sort of dances around on stage. <laughs> And you have a very soothing smile, I have to say. I saw you downstairs and you had a serious face and I was very nervous you were coming to my show. But now that you've opened up, I was like, oh, fucking great. Because this show, it's a fuck around. It really is. And so I try and make sure that the audience are people that are fun to perform for because some audiences at this festival are literal bags of shit and I hope they all die slowly and I'm there. You're a performer and musician. I'm sure you've had crowds. You're sitting there tinkling the ivories and you're just like, are they not, do, are they not aware that this is much harder than it appears. It's not just. It's really hard to play the bassoon. I don't really appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. It's really hard to play the bassoon when you don't even have a bassoon. You're playing. It's next to impossible. One of the things that is required of playing the bassoon is to own or rent a bassoon. But you are a you are a wizard, and you figured it out. Can women be wizards, or is that part of the patriarchy? Witches. They can be witches, but is that the gender-neutral term, or is that not reached the wizarding world yet? You don't know. But you said it with such authority that I thought you were definitely going to have an answer. Women can be witches. Men have taken from that that from us and created the warlock, hence Adam Warlock. But you know what? I don't want to get into it. Adam Warlock is a very famous comic book character. One person nodded because he was at the end of The Last Gardens of the Galaxy. I'm one of those nerds that likes comic books. And I'm frustrated by all these movies because all you fucks have showed up to ruin our fun and ask us questions that we don't want to give you the answers for. Because when you explain comic books, you come across like an idiot. Oh, who Who's that? Oh, that's uh, Bruce Banner. He's the Hulk. Oh, why is he going after that woman? Oh, that's the woman who made a mistake that turned him into the Hulk, but he's still in love with her, and her father's trying to kill him. He'll become the Red Hulk in a couple of episodes where he becomes like a communist representation of the Hulk, and there's sort of weird sexual tension between him and his daughter, and then it's turned out that it's actually not her, his daughter. It's actually sort of his wife reincarnated in another body. It's very, very complicated. Now, that's why, by the way, phrases like that is why my adolescence was described as a hurricane of pussy. So... Uh, yeah, if you don't get him with a comic book reference, pussy joke. Back into the show. And uh, and and Dick and who are your two pals? I assume you guys are friends. Uh, Robin Stu. Robin Stu, classic lad names. Yeah, classic. I like how lads has gone from people we're afraid of to everyone is lads, and I really like the appropriations. Uh, no, it's fine. I'm not a. L- 
I'm not a lad either. I have shut down a football chant with a look and a condescending closing of my laptop. <laughs> so I'm not from Britain. I'm Canadian. So I'm not, I don't put up with the nonsense you guys put up on public transit. Andy, you're from Alabama. So you guys, have, you have a culture of high school football in Texas as well, yes. So here they have um, what we call soccer, they call football. And how they celebrate that is on uh, weekend mornings in the north of England, uh, which is the space between London and Scotland, where no one from London goes, and everyone in the north goes, London, never heard of it. It's sort of like, it would be like Texas' relationship with LA or New York, like, they think they're so good with their stuff. We got stuff too. Like, it's very similar to that. So if you're on those trains in the morning, you're sitting there maybe after a rough gig where a man threw a table at you because Manchester's a real go-ahead city <laughs> and you're just trying to enjoy a nice, nice episode of, of Parks and Rec as you're off to the next town watching that Ron Swanson get up to shenanigans. And then what happens is a bunch of quote-unquote lads. So they're people like you if your head was shaved, glasses removed, and your thoughts slightly ignorant, but not of your own fault, it's just the things you choose to read in the news. And they get on and they sing songs about their football team that no one has asked them to. And do they sit in their seats? No. They stand in the aisle, drinking beer in the morning. Now, I'm all for alcohol. I'm a big fan. But morning booze, you have to have a reason. Your wife has to have recently left, someone should have died, or it's Christmas. That's allowed. Any other time, you're gross, and you're losing in life. Right, lads? Sure. Thank you, Dickon, even though I can tell you've had a couple of glasses of Prosecco with your eggs. I was bang on, wasn't I? Listen, Prosecco's a lovely drink. It's like champagne without all the attitude. Thank you, one lady, while the rest of you Oh, well, you are posh, aren't you? Um, and so you get on, and they will, they'll sing, and they'll be rude, asshole, annoying dicks. Once I was watching an iPad, and a guy grabbed the iPad and went, you should be watching porn! And I was like, on a train with people? And then, you ever see someone realize the logic of something they said, and he was like, uh, no, I guess not, and he just handed me back the iPad. So another time, I was coming out of Manchester Station, it was a bunch of Manchester City fans, which are sort of like, it would be sort of Houston's NFL team to, da uh, to the Dallas Cowboys. So they have loyal fans, but they're not nearly as amazing as, the Dallas Cowboys are the greatest organization ever. ever. They're ruled over by a mad king <laughs> named Jerry Jones, who is literally a Texas billionaire who bought it's my bag. They, he bought a stadium. He built the largest television in the world. He made himself general manager of the sports team. Does he know anything about football? No. Billionaire. So you fucking listen to me. And he's crazy. A crazy. I met him once. I went to a press conference with friends of mine who had, went to the NFL thing in London. And he was just there. And I've never had my hand shook. It was like, I'm giving you the best handshake. I'm touching you on the shoulder. The Like, Texas old men. Racist. A lot of them. But still charming as fuck. They're like British old people from Cambridge where you're like, I don't want to know about your voting history, but man, oh man, do you make me feel special inside. <laughs> it's that similar sort of vibe. And so, it was Manchester City, sort of the equivalent of, what's the Houston, Houston Oilers? Texas. The Texas. The Houston Texans? Oh, wow, they really fucking hurt their brains coming up with that name. <laughs> what do we call our team? Well, we're in Texas. The Texans, next thing. 
It's fine. You're in Britain where the teams are literally, what's the team called? Oh, we're the Edinburgh Jam Men. What the fuck is going on down there? It's the end of the fringe, so they're just breaking glass in celebration of all the English people going home. <laughs> and, uh, and so they get on, the, and they're all in blue and white, and they start scream singing. What's the song for Manchester, Uni- or Manchester City? Does anyone know? Do you know? It's Blue Moon. Can you sing it? Don't. Good for you. You're a learned man. Are you a football fan? Uh, I am. What's your team? Aston Villa. Ah, I like that one because they sound like they're nice boys. Like Aston Villa seems like they'd be wearing those circle, circular hats that gondoliers wear, and anytime someone trips someone else, they all stop to go a thousand apologies, and then they begin again. Like, I'm technically a Tottenham fan because I live right between Arsenal and Tottenham, and I cannot abide Arsenal because their fans are rude when you're trying to get to the tube. Well, one time a guy in a Tottenham jersey, there was a woman and a, two, a boyfriend and a girlfriend arguing, and the, uh, the boyfriend went to go punch the girlfriend in the face. Now, I'm not a fighter, but you can't punch people in the face. So I went, hey, motherfucker, don't you do that. And then the guy pushed his girlfriend out of the way and started coming at me. And then a guy in a Tottenham top came out of an alleyway and went, if you fight that cunt, you're fighting me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Tottenham forever. You know me. <laughs> also, I didn't know what Yid Army Yid Army is the fans of Tottenham. Now, it's pretty racist. It's the idea that in the Tottenham region there were a lot of Jewish people, so the fans of Tottenham would be Jews, and they'd be called themselves the Yid Army. I didn't know this, and I found that out. I was on a radio interview in Australia with my friend Carl, who's a massive Tottenham fan, and we're sitting there, and they said, what's your favorite thing about being in Australia? And I said, you know, I'm just spreading the word of the Yid Army! And Carl ripped off his headphones and started scream crying laughing. And the DJ just was like, ah! And like shut off the microphones, and I was like, what, 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 what? And he's like, you can't say yid. And I was like, oh no. That poster fell down in glory of that joke. Now, uh, and that's by the way not even the most racist nickname for football teams. I think the Zulu Nation really takes the cake of, oh boys, what are we doing? Like, what are the Aston Villa teams called? The villains. Oh, even the way you say it sounds so nice. We're the villains. We are going to strike you and then pay for your medical bills. Because where where does Aston Villa where what air from Birmingham? Oh, so are you, is your main rival Zulus. the Zulus? And what team is the Zulus? It's just I feel so uncomfortable saying Zulu, especially just staring at another white guy who's a different version of Hitler's wet dream than me. Like I just don't. I just don't think we should be saying those words. I um, so I'm on the thing and uh, and I just I'm I'm hungover. Uh, doing comedy is very fun, but you do you are essentially a booze salesman. That's they, everyone will talk about the artistry of comedy. You're up there changing. You're not. You're st- you're cheap entertainment so people can get drunk for a reason. Not then I don't want to talk to my wife. Like, what the fuck was that? Thunderstorm during the show. Where's the recorder? Did that pick up? Good. So I'm on the train. They're all singing Blue Moon or whatever. And there's always an alpha in all of these groups. And it's usually sort of a slightly older dude, brunette guy, neck tattoo, usually. And I just slammed my laptop shut and I made eye contact with him. And I am not a tough guy, but I have the appearance of a tough guy. And I just looked at him and I just went, be quiet. (laughs) 
and he just hushed all of his friends and then they just walked to the next train car and then I heard the singing and an old woman like three seats over kind of hobbled over and just went, thank you, I had to turn off my hearing aid and I could still hear them. I was like, oh, you poor sausage. I know, it was really adorable. You can, you can react to that positively. Thank you very much. It'd be better than booing. Now, um, where was I? And so what brings you, Andy, all the way from Texas via Alabama? Vacation. That is holiday, but said in a North American way. The reason why I translate is, especially English, but British people in general, if we don't use your specific words, you act like you have no idea what I'm talking about, which drives me fucking insane, because you guys will let anything else happen. Like, I could be up here completely naked, taking a shit on a piece of metal, and none of you would say a word unless I happen to remark, oh, I love how my shit feels on the aluminum. And how uh, is your first time in Britain? Yes. And how are you finding it? <laughs> it's cool, right? It's like old North America. Like everyone kind of has the vibe of our grandparents and slightly boozier. And there's rules, but like no one follows them. Like yeah. jaywalking. <laughs> taxi driver. Anyone here a taxi driver? Good. Fuck them. <laughs> I, uh, I've declared war on Edinburgh taxi drivers because they do not respect pedest pedestrian laneways. I don't jaywalk anymore. I used to be a Lord Mayor jaywalker, but I've been hit by enough cars to know they will win. Two different cars, one on a bicycle. The other time, I was just walking, and the guy, he didn't quite hit me. It was basically the back half of the car, like, whooshed behind my butt, and the energy of it just knocked me on the ground. So basically, it just made me look like I don't know how to walk. <laughs> I've been hit by a lot of things. My favorite thing I've ever been hit by, I got hit by a bus mirror in Brighton. Yeah, it was. It did not feel like a kiss, I'll tell you that much for free. And I was just walking, so if you've never been to Brighton, Brighton is this beautiful sort of seaside hippie town, but it also has a lot of old, retired, East End criminals from London. So it's this beautiful mix of like a gay hippie selling like shoes for your cat that are vegan, and then just a fat man smoking, just being like, ah, oh, stars and bars, let's go teeth a window. Like it's this amazing, that's Cockney rhyming slang for break a window and then steal a window. I'm not good at it. Anyway. <laughs> And so I was walking down the sort of the main drag by this area called the lanes, and then there's a main drag up to this clock tower, because it's Britain, and how they know it's a city is there's a clock in the middle of it, as opposed to North America, where we just go, ah, it's a city. Fuck you. And, and so I'm walking. Actually, here's how you know it's a city in North America. More than one shopping center, that's a city. One shopping center, town. No shopping center, village. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where are you from in Alabama? North Alabama, Huntsville. Huntsville, Alabama. The city that sent people to the moon. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, which time, bro? Is Neil Armstrong from Huntsville, Alabama? No. Uh, I fucking knew it. Werner <laughs> von Braun uh, developed the Saturn V in Huntsville. That's wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, where was Werner von Braun from? That does not sound like an Alabama name. I have a feeling Werner von Braun was associated with another organization in Germany, he and then was, he... He was part of Operation Paperclip. Okay, for those of you who don't know what Operation Paperclip is, it is a very fun little thing that the Brits and the Americans did. So right after World War II, while the Russians were running around Berlin going, We won! The Americans and the Brits were like, What did you do? We make rockets. Get over there. What do you do? I clean the bins. 
You stay right there. What do you do? Oh, I develop weapons and can create automatic um, firing power. That's great. This way. What do you do? Oh, I uh, wash the windows. You stay right the fuck there. They basically came in, grabbed all the scientists, put them in America, and then when people like the Nuremberg trial happened, America was like, what? Germans? No, not us. <laughs> Werner? No, he's from Alabama. <laughs> And it's one of those things, it's why I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I don't know how you guys feel about conspiracy theories, but here's why I don't believe in them, is we know about all the actual conspiracy. We know about Operation Paperclip because America has a Freedom of Information Act and also people chat. Do you understand? Like, for example, this is an actual conspiracy theory. MI5 was infiltrated by the KGB throughout the entire Cold War. The entire Cold War, MI5 had a spy within it, a man named Kim Philby. Now let's see if you can guess what Kim Philby's job is. It's the greatest bureaucratic nightmare ever. He was hired by the head of MI5 to find the Russian spy <laughs> in MI5. And he spent 25 years looking for himself. And then the heat got too hot. And they literally figured it out because he sent them a postcard from Moscow that was effectively ha 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 fuck you and then he wrote his memoirs his memoirs are so bizarre it's like the diary of a sociopath because he's just like all I liked doing was lying to people and it's it's chilling and amazing because it has this weird coda because he's now in Moscow and he died there and he's like I can never do what I've loved again because people know who I am and you kind of feel sorry for him and then you're like Wait a minute, motherfucker. You gave all the secrets to the Russians. I don't feel fucking sorry for you at all. But it's a weird thing, and that's why I don't believe in conspiracy theories, because of that exact uh, reason. And what do you do in Texas, and then we will begin the show? I build airplanes. You build airplanes. So that's why so you, you're on the side of the Nazis. Uh, and what kind of, for what company? Can't talk about it. Oh, shit. Well played, Andy. It being Texas, I'm going to say the CIA... FBI? Closer. NSA? Farther. <laughs> fucking America has so many fucking organizations. <laughs> DEA? No comments. Yeah! <laughs> Man, it's got it's to be a real conflict of interest for you being at this festival. One, one DEA agent and we could fucking clean out those artist bars in a second. Now, I'm not going to say that I don't have a pass, but let's just say it snowed in my place <laughs> and not outside before. But uh, it's, so it's the last week of the festival. And so there's a lot of people that come up to this festival, like me, I think, just to perform, to make a little bit of money, try and be better, maybe get seen by an industry folk, meet a DEA agent. You know what I mean? Also, I like how you guys have gone from, oh, Andy's a weird American, to like, uh-oh, Mark's here. <laughs> like, you definitely have gone from not holding onto your pocket to holding onto your pocket. That's all I'm saying. You're not working right now, are you? Yeah, see, guys, smoke them if you got them. Now... Um, and so it's now the last weekend. A lot of people have come up here with hopes and dreams that they will be famous. It's not how that works. What happened was they went for coffee with their agent, and their agent slicked back his hair, put on glasses that were needless for his face, and, and said, uh, you're going to be a star, kid. Do a show about your dad dying. And the comedian was like, my dad, my dad's alive. And he went, kill him. And do a show about that. And they came here with that show, and the show went all right but they're not stars. So now this weekend, the real show begins, which is people getting fucked up, the likes of which none of you have ever seen. A friend of mine was awake for 50 hours 
He started partying on Thursday night of the 2016 Fringe, and he went to bed on his train home on Monday morning. And I've never seen a guy look so bad and yet somehow so good at the same time. Because at a certain point, he was like, I don't want to shower because it'll make me fall asleep. So we just bought a bunch of tanning lotion from Boots and put it on in the meadows and then just walked around. And I got to tell you, he looked great. He also got kicked out of the, by the meadows because he was doing cocaine. Sorry, Andy. He was doing cocaine uh, in the middle of a kid's football game. And one of the parents walked up. This is why Scotland is just a majestic place. Didn't call the police. Didn't just walked up and went, uh, mate, do you mind doing that inside? It is 11 o'clock in the morning. And he, I didn't see this, but my other buddy was walking by. He literally stood up and he went, oh, I'm terribly sorry. And just ordered an Uber, like hit a key, took a sip of his tin, and just started walking towards his camp to find another park to keep doing the party of going. So I would seriously suggest, if you guys can sneak into an artist bar, do it, because you'll see a star of Live at the Apollo crying and doing angel dust while trying to kiss a woman who's 19 years old. Yeah, it's creepy. I don't abide by it, but it still happens. And what is your name, big man? I like your vibe. Michael. Michael, what do you do for a living? I feel like it's something suspicious. You're an accountant. Yeah, but for who? For what? You don't strike me as an accountant. Like, an accountant's very rarely a fuckable gentleman, and you have... You have dimples for days, my friend. Like, you could be on the cover of a magazine. Not like a national one, but like, a, like an emblem magazine, like sailing, but for you. No, no worries. Now, what's your favorite number? 13 or 30? 13. Why 13? You just put on the spot? Yeah, you are an accountant because you've gone from like cool dude to open your mouth and you're like 13? I don't know. I'm very nervous. Um, I, I've had a lot. I, I absolutely respect the world of accountants because I'm, I'm a comedian and I travel all over the world so I have to have accountants. I've, I had to file taxes in four countries one year. If you guys ever want to feel like you're about to go to jail do that because it's just a nightmare have you ever had to do something like that file in four different countries and deal with all the different tax code and that sort of stuff well I hope you look forward to it because my my accountant's a guy named Keith now Keith who here is familiar with the Adams family yeah 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 so Lurch from the Adams family that's who he is we once were, at, we were having a meeting and he walked in and he went John I've heard a, I heard a new accountant joke would you like to hear it? And I was like, um, yes, Keith, more than anything in my entire life. I, I call him Mr. Electricity, and he doesn't understand the joke. I, I, I've never not seen him, by the way, in all black. Once he was wearing a black turtleneck, and I went, ooh, a turtleneck, and he went, of course, it's Friday. You have to be casual. And I'm like, who the fuck are you, man? And he's, he's an entertainment accountant. He deals only with entertainers, and he's just the most boring, milk toast man. I'm pretty sure him and his wife are swingers. I don't know why. I have no evidence to base this off of. I'm just like, there's something about their energy. I once saw them at a party, incidentally, and there was something about, they were like, we're off now. We're giving a woman a drive home. And I was like, you want to wink at me, but you don't know how to do that, do you, kid? <laughs> and so he, uh, he was in a turtleneck, and anyway, we're going through all the tax code, all this other thing, goes, oh, would you like to hear a new joke I heard about accountants? And I was like, Keith, I would absolutely love that. Goes, how many accountants does it take to screw into a light bulb? And I was like, I don't know how many. He was like, just one. We're very efficient. <laughs> he 
Yeah, that's exactly what you're like, huh? What the fuck are you talking about? He's just a weird, weird, weird man. But I, I love him. And anyway, here's how uh, I know it's time for my accountants, uh, accountant, my finances to get in order for various tax places. Yes, he'll leave me a message, even though he's in Canada. So he's aware of the time difference. So if he calls me at, say, 8 o'clock at night, it will be around 2 o'clock in the morning here. And he will call me at 2 o'clock in the morning and leave a message like this. John, it's your accountant. Call me immediately. We have much to discuss. <laughs> Click. And then I call him in a panic every year. Keith, what's going on? Have they finally figured it out? Uh, no, John, it's just uh, time for you to start getting your T4s in order and perhaps uh, make sure that all of your numbers are up to date. I'm sorry if I left you a curt message. You just have to be succinct in such a busy time. <laughs> How are jokes going? He wants, <laughs> he wants to threaten to come see me perform, and I lived in fear of it, because I'm like, I, I don't... It would be like performing for a black hole. Like, just like, hey, have you guys ever noticed that people wear socks? I do not wear socks. My shoes have a cloth built into them, therefore I can more easily get to the office every day. Anyway, he's threatened to come, and I said, Keith, I don't know if comedy is your kind of bag. Like, you seem like a pretty serious guy. And he, and he said, oh no, I laugh all the time. <laughs> and I was like, well, like when? He was like, yesterday, me and my wife, we were having a glass of wine after our busy days, and she said something that made me laugh. I do not recall what it was. I wish you had been there. We could have shared that moment together. <laughs> Keith, I think I'm going to be dead by your hand. I think that that's how my life is going to end. What is the, uh, what's, the, what's, the, what's the most illegal thing you've seen someone try and do? I will follow it up with one of the most illegal things a friend of mine tried to do. Let me tell you this, he got caught and it was great. Just stealing money out of the business? Just a classic like, where did this 100 grand go? Are you also an accountant? Oh, absolutely not. Oh, great. Thank you for arriving right on time, guys. Very good. Come on right up to the front. Now that you're here, the show can almost begin. What show were you guys seeing beforehand? You're just having a tea? Oh, how fucking lovely. I think they are being serious. Here's the if this was an actual show, you really would have interrupted my flow, but instead, it's improvised, so your arrival is quite delightful. Just doing the business. My buddy tried to write off his house as a business expense because he's a comedian, and he said a lot of jokes came from things that happened in his house. <laughs> Let me tell you, I have never seen someone get audited so fucking quickly. Like he filed, and within two days, they were like, we'll need to see proof of all of this, you fucking moron. Uh, and what is your name, brother? Joel. Joel? Ella. Ella, and Joel and Ella, there was a space between you. Are you guys a romantic partnership? No, he's my brother. He's your brother? I don't know. You look very... You don't look similar. You don't. Fuck you. He's got curly hair. You're a woman. Very different. <laughs> and Joel and Ella, and what is the age difference between you? Two years. All right. And you guys, good relationship as siblings, you would say? Yeah. Let me tell you about who I had here yesterday. And I couldn't really discuss it because they were here. There was a 16-year-old and a 19-year-old, both sisters. The 19-year-old had just dropped out of university. Let's see if you can guess what the 16-year-old was doing. Entering university. Yeah, she was one of them genius kids who later, you know, is hired by the American government after a genocide to build airplanes. <laughs> That was a joke that if you guys had finished your tea earlier, you would have understood, but you didn't, so let me just tell you, it was great. 
And so, uh, and I asked them, I said, are there, is there any jealousy between the two of you? The 19-year-old said no. The 16-year-old went, yes. <laughs> and then I, and this was after the gig, I, I asked them, I, I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't want to bring that up. And then the 19-year-old went, oh, just to explain, the 16-year-old is jealous of my freedom. And then the 16-year-old went, ha, 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 that's not true. And they left, and I am worried about one of them being dead. Because <laughs> I've never met someone, a 16-year-old in university, that is a palpable genius. She was doing like, like physics and something else. So she, she's going to be an important person. And it's an amazing story. I'm 32. So this is the first time I'm ever feeling like an adult and that my generation is going over, away from being important. For example, I arrived at this festival and I'm doing another show, 915, at the Pleasance Courtyard. And I handed my, I Hugo, you're my flyer. How old, you're 20. What is an iPod? It's an MP3 player. Very good. I handed one to a 20-year-old the first day of this festival, and she said, what is this, your phone? <laughs> yeah, thank you, older people going, what do you mean? And I, and I said, no, it's an iPod. It's, it, was, it was like before an iPhone, it would just play music. And she was like, why would you want something that just plays music? And I was like, I've never wanted to drown someone more in my entire <laughs> life. But I could feel my hips weakening just as she was saying it. Like, because how old are you? 21. What the fuck? <laughs> Born in the 90s? How do you live with yourself? <laughs> what year were you born in? 95. I remember that year. Like, and I like, uh, and Miss, I, I assume you're older than me. How old are you? Do you mind me asking? 67. You're 67. So you, you really remember 1990. <laughs> how, do you, like, how do you live on? Because I'm really struggling talking to people that were born in 2002, just like you were born after 9-11. You're disgusting. <laughs> I, I, how do you deal with it? Are there any tips? Or do you, is that why older people just vote very conservative as like a fuck you to people making us feel bad about technology? <laughs> You don't know? You seem to be dealing with it a lot better than me. And may I say, I think you're aging way better than I am as well, because you do not look like you're... I would have guessed 40s. Thank you, it is. Uh, so you're 21, and how old are you? 23. 23, so you're the older sister. What's it like having your younger brother be much taller than you? Does that bother you? She just called me adopted for quite a long time. Are you adopted? No. Let's ask her. Is he adopted? <laughs> Very different answers. Because she will remember the circumstances of your birth, and if your mom did not gain weight rapidly, there might be some smoke to this fire. And why do you think he's adopted? Because you guys do not look at all alike. Like, do one of you look like your dad and one of you look like your mom? Uh, I probably look like both of them. Maybe you're the one who's adopted. <laughs> Pardon me? You look very like your mom. Well, that's right. And, and you guys do get along? Yeah. Okay, what do you both do? What do you do? Uh, I'm a news reporter. You're a news reporter? Oh, you got about two years left on that career. <laughs> Fuck you. The media is dying, and I'm very upset about it. The attack on media is an absolute fucking travesty. The idea that there's so-called fake news, there's no such thing as fake news. There's propaganda and actual evidence you can report. The idea that a president is calling news fake really makes my testes shrivel. I'm aware that there is an employee of the federal government here, and I understand you do what you can. Fuck Trump. Yes! <laughs> Finally got someone from Texas to say that. I, uh, I was in Texas right before the election. I got into a big debate with a guy named Jesse who was wearing cowboy boots, and he walked in and I went, let me guess, you're rooting for Trump? And he said, how do you know? And I had to go outside. 
and we got into a big argument. He was like, you can't tell me that Hillary is more qualified than Trump. And I was like, yes, I can. She has held political office before, and he has appeared on a reality show that at first was must-see TV. And then Omarosa stopped appearing on it, and I had mo no more time for Omarosa was kind of like um, the Katie Hopkins of The Apprentice, but way dumber. So Katie Hopkins is sort of like Britain's Bill O'Reilly, if Bill O'Reilly was sort of a semi-attractive woman who said things you cannot prove. There was a... So Megyn Kelly? Megyn Kelly, excellent. <laughs> Megyn Kelly, but way, way, way worse. For example, during the right after the London Bridge attack, Katie Hopkins tweeted, we need to do something about these Muslims. A final solution, perhaps. Thank you. And by the way, when she then got caught out for being like, the Holocaust, you mean the Holocaust? We already have all the rocket engineers we need. We don't need another Holocaust. Um, she said, no, that's not what I meant. We just need some sort of solution that is final. Basically doubling down. And she sucks. She's a terrible human being. I once was in an elevator with her, and I've never tried to fart more in my entire life. <laughs> Because I, I will not confront the people I disagree with. Because the problem with confronting people you disagree with, especially in the media, is they just want that fight. And, and, and I, so what I do is I passively, aggressively try and ruin their days using my body. <laughs> For example, I, uh, I saw David Cameron at a music festival, and, uh, and my mom was there. Now, my mom is an older person, and she very recently has, has sort of rethought of a lot, but she was a very conservative person. She's a very smart person, a university professor. For example, she was very against pride celebrations for a long time, and I could never really understand it. Then I finally asked her, like, why are you against pride celebrations? She went, well, she went, gay people are equal to everyone else. Why do we need these celebrations? And I said, well, because there's a lot of people that don't agree with you. You work in a university. You're surrounded by people creating environments where everyone is equal that doesn't exist everywhere else. And she's like, those are stupid people. No one listens to stupid people. And then we went to a family reunion, and a, one of my cousins is, now when I say camp, I mean like, you can see it from space. <laughs> and his mother said, you know, it's just a phase. When he meets the right woman, he'll really settle down. He was making out with a man as this was being said. It was one of the most like, do you not see where the logic in what you're saying is flawed? And my mom heard that and went, no, pride celebration is important. I now understand that there's negative people in the world. And Trump is now really fucking boiled my mom's pee pee because she can't figure out why you would vote for someone like that. And her big point, and this is my favorite point, was when the whole grab him by the pussy thing happened. And it was a very weird conversation to have with my mom, but we had it. She called me and she went, now John, people of your age, do they grab women by the vaginas? <laughs> and then she followed up with, and what point would that serve? I don't think that would be pleasurable at all. And I was like, oh, what a fun way to start my Sunday, just my mom saying the word vagina into a telephone, and then the word grab. Now if you'll excuse me, I need to go find a potion that will bring my boners back, because I don't see that happening for quite some time. I, uh, what were we talking about? Accountants, Trump, oh, you guys. So you're a news reporter. And what uh, reports? Uh, just architecture. Architecture news? Oh, yeah, the missionary position of periodicals. <laughs> Essential, but no one's bragging about it. Uh, and a favorite type of architecture? Uh, really? I like a, I like a, nice, a nice sort of vintage colonial I'm by the way, I made up those words. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Are those architectural styles? Uh, colonial, I guess. So 
yeah, yeah. See that. By, by, by the way, by colonial, I mean I like my house built by on someone else's land, and then I say that it's mine. <laughs> it's a very fun colonial joke that some of you didn't laugh at, and may I say, based on your class, you should have. <laughs> and you, brother, what do you do? I'm a student. You're a student. Why do? Because in North America, if someone asked a student, you'd say, oh, I'm a student studying. But over here, because there's a war on students, which I don't understand, people are like, oh, students so lazy. I remember university. I was in drama school, and I've never worked ho- so hard in my entire life. I can only imagine people getting actual degrees, how fucking hard you must work. Like, what are you studying? Medicine. Medicine. You're working way fucking harder than the truck driver who's yelling at you, fucking students lazy. You've been up for 12 hours doing speed, trying to figure out what makes the heart work. <laughs> What does make the heart work? Oh, like cells. The magic. It makes me a bit nervous that a doctor just said magic, but that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, cells, they're magic. Listen, I'm not going to be a good doctor. That is the scary thing, that there are people in your class. Like, there's the really smart people, there's the the middle-of-the-road people, and then there's the people that are just like, well, it's that uh, heart bones connected to the lung bump. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Like, is there someone in your class that you're a little worried about when he or she starts practicing medicine? Yeah. Yeah. Is it a boy or a girl? Here's the weird thing about me. I assume they're all boys. They're both. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, gender equality. And it's finally reached all parts, such as malpractice in medical situations. (laughs) Uh, What's the biggest mistake you're afraid of making as a doctor? Uh, Just missing something that kills someone. Then you, get sued. you should not have said that last part, my friend. The first part was a beautiful, succinct answer that was that was loving and showed hope for all humanity. And then you added in because I don't want to get sued. Daddy want a swimming pool inside. And uh, where do you hope to practice medicine? Or do you want to be like a uh, Glasgow? Glasgow. Oh boy, the stories you'll have. That said, everyone talks about Glasgow being a very violent place. I don't find Glasgow to be a violent place. It's a scary-looking place, so everything around it has the appearance of like, oh my god, I'm about to get headbutted. No, it's a hug. It's a hug. He just has that kind of face. And you live in Glasgow? Yeah. Speaking of Glasgow, beautiful architecture there. I broke into the architectural museum because in the university because it was only for students, and me and a comedian named Mark Mayer just went and got vintage tweed jackets and pretended we were professors, and it fucking worked. <laughs> Uh, and is that where you studied? In that, uh, you're in London. Very good. Yeah, stay out of Glasgow. Toilet, hell on earth. Now, uh, and are you from London? No, from Cumbria. From Cumbria. I don't know what that is. <laughs> like I think I've been there, but where is it? Lake oh, look at you. Here's the problem. You guys say that the Lake District is a national park. It's not a national park. If you can walk to a pub, that's not camping. That's just being a farmer. Um, and do you miss Cumbria? No. It's a very weird place. It's the last place I heard um, one of a racial slur, but a very non-specific one. I was with someone who is Southeast Asian, and someone referred to him using a pejorative term for those people. Now, he is from Vietnam, and they used one from a Chinese person, and he corrected the guy. <laughs> And the guy actually looks kind of sincerely thankful, like, oh, thank you, I didn't know about that one. I'll file it away, and next time, my hate can be correctly generated. <laughs> and where in London do you live? How do you like London? Uh, East London. East London. Wow, look at you. Very nice. East London. But, like, which part of East London, like? Uh, Stepney Green. Which, uh, who now? Stepney Green. It's near Whitechapel. It's Essex, mate. <laughs>
It's not, but it's just I've lived in London for five years, so I'm now allowed to say that. In the same way that I tell people I live in Finsbury Park, I don't. It's Tottenham, but they petitioned the council to have it rezoned, so now houses are more expensive. And let me tell you, my neighbors have gone up in quality, and they do not appreciate me rocking out to ACDC at 3 o'clock in the morning when I come back from a gig. And to them I say, tough titties. Sometimes you just got to rock. Now, um, and what is, what's your least favorite thing about London? No one talks to you on the tube. That is exactly my same thing as well. Because you know what? It would be appreciative when you know you occasionally inadvertently have your hand in someone's asshole if they could say, could you not do that? And you're like, oh, sorry, my hand is now warm. My biggest pet peeve is that, but here's my biggest one. So on the tube, hands up if you've been on the tube in London. It's pretty much everyone. Now, when you're cutting off of the tube in London, or you're getting on the tube, where are you supposed to stand when waiting to get on the tube. Where are you supposed to stand, miss? Waiting to get on the tube, and the door opens. Where are you supposed to stand while people are getting off the tube? Where are you supposed to stand? In your floor. No! <laughs> Fuck you! You're supposed to stand to the side of the door so people can easily get off, and then you all rush on. You stand in your spot. Delang. So here's what happens. I get off the tube, and there you are. Very sweet face, nice person. Had a rough day at the office. Arms folded, and you just stood in the middle, creating a nice wall. So we just all stand there for five seconds, and then I have to use my mask to get you out of the way. And then you say something curt to me like, fuck you. And then I'm a North American, and I just go, no! Fuck you! <laughs> and then you leave thinking Americans are bad, even though I'm Canadian, fulfilling a xenophobic stereotype that British people have, and we both have anger within our hearts. As opposed to, you're just standing right to the side, and then I march off with glee and delight, continue on my day, and guess what? You're already on the tube, sitting in a nice comfy chair. Here's my question. Why, of all things in the world, did they use fabric for the seats of the tube? <laughs> Who in that meeting thought, you know what, we need a real absorbent material? Because Lord knows on the tube there will not be any bodily functions or spilled beverages, so we want to make sure that everyone is very softly seated, not a hard, easily wiped plastic. It was one of the biggest horrors of my day, of my life, when I was standing with a friend and he went, you know, they don't wash the tube very often. And then I just thought, oh, I need to remove all of my skin forever. Because <laughs> I've seen, I think, how are we doing for time? Oh, we haven't even started the show and it's almost done. Now, uh, I was at uh, Stockwell Tube in uh, South London and I saw one of the more horrific things I've ever seen in my life. It was uh, late at night, I was going from a club called the uh, Banana Cabaret in Balham all the way back to Finsbury Park. It's a bit of a slog, but it's nice. I had a book, a little iPod in iPod, by the way, is an MP3 player. And, uh, and so there's a tunnel in between the Northern Line and the Victoria Line. And in the middle of it was a, uh, was a woman, very inebriated, and she was kind of stammering. And I was just a little uncertain, so I do that thing you do when you want to listen in on someone's conversation. You keep your earbuds in, but you unplug them from your device. Yeah, 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 so no one knows that you're listening, but you are. And so I was just listening, and I heard a man's voice go, Karen, just do it. Do it, Karen. Do it. And she went, I have to pee, but I don't want to do it here. Do it, Karen. Do it. And then she did it. <laughs> here is the problem with Karen. She missed a step, which was the removal of leggings and trousers. Yeah, she just peed herself. 
and then her boyfriend, realizing what had happened, had to walk over and she went, I just want to cuddle! <laughs> so he hugged her for a minute until the train arrived, and then all I thought was, please be going on the northern line, please be going on the northern line. They were not. They were coming with me. We were in the same car. And I don't think she knew she pissed herself. And here's how I know that. We went four more stations, and then she looked down and went, I spilled my beverage on my lap! And her boyfriend went, no, that's we, Karen. That's we. And she said, not again. And I wanted the train to crash. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, one last thing uh, before we finish up. The f show is free to get in. It is not free to get out. You have to pay. <laughs> it's fucking not. Now, every other show on the festival except for doing the free festival is 10 pounds. So it is a suggested donation of 10 pounds. If you don't have 10 pounds, 5 pounds. If you don't have 5 pounds, take all of your change and give it to me. And if you have no money at all, I have flyers back there for my other show. Take that flyer. Come see it. You can buy... Uh, tickets on a card with that. It's a totally different experience. It's rehearsed, lovely stand-up comedy about love and farts, and there's a shit joke that is overlong and yet still a banger. Guys, you've been a great Saturday crowd. It is very rare to have a fun show on a Saturday, because usually it's a lot of... One show was a bunch of lesbians from Glasgow. I bring up that they were lesbians for this reason. They all started making out with each other. Now, I am a good performer. You cannot compete with that kind of show. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your festival. I'll see you at the back. Bye-bye. <laughs>